everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It is a crazy afternoon here in Massachusetts. I am Dennis Worth. This is Funny Like Com Podcast. Uh, coming out of you uh, from Gardner, a little town outside of Beantown. Uh, as always, Funny Like Com Podcast brought to you by G Vegas Buffalo Sauce for the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time. There is only one G Vegas available at www.gvegas.webs.com. This is episode 55, March 22nd, 2020. And I don't know if, uh, you know, Buffalo Sauce will fight the coronavirus or not, but it's pretty spicy, so who the hell knows what it's going to do, right? We're here to discuss uh, icon comedian, okay? There's great comedians, there's superb comedians, there's legendary comedians, then there's iconic comedians. This guy's an icon, Johnny Carson, and to do that I have on a local icon in the ventriloquism world. The best ventriloquist I know, he's the only ventriloquist I know, but that don't take away what he does. (laughs) Kevin Driscoll, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I love the introduction. The best ventriloquist you know. You only know one. So that's, that's it. So you're I'm the, the best. best. But that means that I'm also the worst. But, well, uh, you're, you're, pretty, but you. you're pretty good at what you do. But Well, since the last time we talked, I think you added some characters into your routine there. So how many characters are you up to? Uh, Twelve. I have a, a complete dozen now. Wow. Twelve characters. That's, that's wow. I think that's more than Jeff Dunham's got. I don't know how many he's got. But... <laughs> yeah, but, but Jeff Dunham's good. Yeah, well, well, no, you've gotten better every time I've seen you, man. You just keep getting better. So, hey, keep trying or who knows. <laughs> well, that's, that's the goal. I, I had a comedian once. Uh, I took a class with, with a guy, and he said, you know, some people start out, and, you know, they do pretty they do pretty good, and that's the best they get. And other people start out terrible, and they gradually improve, and eventually, hopefully, they, they get better and better every day. And hopefully, uh, I mean, I have a recording of my first performance, so... Um, uh, it's, it's uh, my my teacher said, uh, "Oh, Kevin, you, you you've uh, said from the first time I heard you, you you've really really improved." Mm-hmm. And that's a uh, that was his nice way of saying you really really sucked. Sucked uh, in the beginning, right? <laughs> we all sucked in the beginning. It's a, it's a learning <laughs> process. But when you think you're good enough, that that's time to quit because you're never good enough. There's always room for improvement. Every single day. Every day. every single day. Yeah. Well, yep. you, you chose Johnny Carson to talk about, but before we do that, we got to talk about the big outbreak here because everybody's talking about the coronavirus. What's your take on it? Oh, uh, okay. Well, I had all, I had all my, my puppets here. They they're, they wanted to say hi. All uh, right. I thought we were going to talk about Johnny, but you want to talk about the virus? That, absolutely. That's, that's, well, just that's everybody's great. talking about. We'll talk, then we'll get into well, Johnny. Minute, but my, my puppets are... When, 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 oh, Who we got over here? I'm Jerry. Jerry, come here. Can I talk now? Can I sing? I'm sorry, Jerry. Hi. <laughs> Hand puppet Harriet. Here's Johnny. 
seniors like Charlie McCarthy with the monocle. And I wanted to say, here's Johnny. And of course, there's always little Jerry. Sesame okay, Street right. going that on over my, there. That was my crew. Um, they're, they're here. <laughs> Hopefully they won't interrupt us too much. So you're never lonely over there. You constantly got company, huh? I, I, I work with dummies every day. I'm very, very blessed. So what, what's the dummies' view on the coronavirus? What do you think about it? What's, what's, what's your view? <laughs> well, uh, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, Dennis, but they're, they're not real. Uh, well, they're real in your head. As long as they're real in your head, they're real to you, right? I mean... <laughs> I've had many a conversations with myself. I filling out the census. Have you filled out your census yet? Uh, Did you get it in the mail? I just got it, I think, yesterday or the day before. I just got it, yeah. yeah I had to fill it out. It took me forever. I, I can imagine, yeah. It was, it, was, it was tough. But anyway, um, I'm, I'm sorry. You want to talk about the, the virus? We actually wrote a song called the Coronavirus Blues, and Doug wanted to sing it for you at some point. I don't want him to sing the whole song. It's a, it's a minute and 50 seconds, so it's way too long. But, um, the this virus hit, then we're all out of business. Then it, then it all evaporated. It all went up. So now my in, my income is now uh, zero. So I'm gonna. It's gonna take me a while to get to uh, to Johnny Carson's net worth of three hundred million dollars. Uh, yeah, I, I, in the span of about two hours, I lost around two thousand dollars worth of work in comedy. I'm like, that's a thousand dollars an hour I'm losing, man. But uh. I know. I was all set. You know, I and uh, I was working with this. I was supposed to do the Cub Scout event in Natick with all the all the kids, and then my whole Gummy with Dummies show. And we'd corresponded via email. I said, no, I'm going to sterilize the, the instruments and all the drumsticks and everything will be sterilized and we should be fine. And then he, he contacted me and said the Natick schools banned anyone from any outside group from coming in. Yeah, 25 now, people now, or now more. didn't close the school. So, you know, that's, that's good. And, and of all my senior centers, I expected them to, to close and stuff. But, yeah. but I'm trying to do something in the way of giving back. I'm trying to do this thing... Uh, basically reinvent myself as a virtual performer. So with the help of the iPhone and yep. uh, technology, I can virtually... You can be an online presence. Online presence and social distancing, I can provide singing telegrams, but I'm not charging any money for that. You know, Mom right. always told me you can't, you can't sell what you can't give away. But um, <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm doing the, uh, doing the singing telegrams for free to 
children that have birthdays or for seniors that are stuck in and if they, they want to Charlie McCarthy, we like to perform at senior centers that bring out Charlie McCarthy, yeah. they, they recognize him because they be, if they're old enough, they're like in their 80s, they will remember the 1930s and 40s that sit around on Sunday night on NBC listening to the radio and they would listen to the Charlie McCarthy show. Now, Charlie McCarthy was didn't exist. I mean, he was a puppet. That right. The ventriloquist was Edgar Bergen. But they would sit around the radio Sunday night, NBC, 8 o'clock, listening to that ventriloquist on the radio. You know, kind of similar to what we're doing right now. You know, so yeah, the yeah, coronavirus yeah. is, uh, I think, in many ways, it's going to be very positive. One of the, um, one of my heroes in, uh, in Axtell, expression, Steve Axtell, with, uh, he's a puppet maker. He said, the creativity that this has spawned will be unbelievable. This will be a reset button, I think, for all of us. It's something that I think we may, we may all actually need. Brings it back to reality, don't it? Yeah, because the, the, have you seen some of the videos? Have you seen what's happening? You know, the, the 7 o'clock thing with the Secret Boston where they hashtag singing from six feet. Everybody in Boston goes out on their balcony. On their balcony, I saw that, yeah. And sings a song today. Uh, Build Me Up Buttercup by the Foundations. Yep, Obviously, yep. a lot of bees there for a ventriloquist. That's very difficult. Build Me Up Buttercup. Mm -hmm. You know, say that with your lips. And uh, then Raffi is doing uh, did, did Baby Beluga from the rooftop. So that's, I see they're doing online the uh, John Lennon's Imagine, like a bunch of stars are singing one verse and then they're patching them all together, you know? So yeah, you see a bunch yeah, of different people singing. Actually, we did that in our church, too. We, we all recorded a, a piece. Uh, yeah. As you know, the Catholic Church is now, you know, no mass or anything, so the, I, I play on Sundays and play drums and vibes. Well, Everything should play man, drums yeah. and vibes. So we all did a virtual recording, and uh, the, the choir director is going to mix it with her, her thing. And we're doing uh, Zoom meetings. I had a, had a, a Zoom meeting on Al-Anon the other night. I, I go to Al-Anon because everybody I know is an alcoholic. But uh, so <laughs> we had this virtual we had this virtual meeting. So you know it was good because I knew the people. I'd, I'd seen them for you know uh, years, right. and then. Now I see them all on Zoom, you know. So it 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 was really it's really pretty. The awesome. world's changed. It's definitely changed in a matter of a couple yeah. weeks here, hasn't it? Yeah. And now uh, and now well, the thing is, we can do this. We can do this virtually. There was a uh, I sold my first uh, singing telegram. It, it, I sold it for zero dollars, but I, I I hope to make it up on the residuals, which okay. are also which are also zero. Zero but, percent uh, of zero zero, right? There's a ten year old girl has a birthday uh, on uh, Tuesday. And that's my first singing telegram. Well, if you made her day, there's no price you can put on that, right? Exactly. You know, yeah. And then that afternoon, I get to take uh, a very close friend of mine into Dana Farber. I'm going to wear a mask. He's going to wear a mask. He's going back for, for chemo. Oh, and gee. they, uh, yeah, this is his like fourth time. And the doctor said, you know, you don't, you know, you don't, um, you don't want to plan on buying any Christmas presents. Of course, he's mm. Jewish, so he's not, you know, that's okay. But, uh, but, but, <laughs> but uh, he said, so I said, to New Year, you know, if I won't be around by New Year. But uh, um, laughter is the best medicine. So if you can, you know, yeah, exactly. get a couple laughs before he goes, then you did some good in the world, right? Yeah, we're so blessed, and so, so I think the, this whole thing will give all of us a chance to pause and do a reset button. There's people that are doing phenomenal things. And did you, have you heard about this guy that's doing? Um, He's a, a Buddhist monk, and he's doing something called 10% Happier at 10percent.com. Dan Harris, one of the uh, you know, nationwide uh, TV reporters, is doing something called 10% Happier. And with the Buddhist monk, Jack uh, Corn, uh, no, Coonfield. Yeah, they're born in a cornfield. They're born in a cornfield. Yeah, uh, Jerry, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's, he's 
referring to my Nebraska roots because, like Johnny Carson, I was born in Nebraska. You know? Oh, all right. Yeah, and like and like Johnny, that you know, I, I came from a small town. Uh, Johnny was uh, born, and, and uh, there's a it's a national monument, or not not national monument, whatever it is, whatever Google says it is, but Norfolk, Nebraska, where, oh, Johnny, well. Carson, where Johnny Carson grew up. You know, and on Main Street, I happen to live on Main Street. Uh, Johnny is, you know, he's, he's iconic uh, back there. I'm sorry. He's iconic back there in Nebraska. <laughs> he's iconic anywhere, but I mean, if he, you know. Yeah, but but you know, it, and he was he grew up, you know, that was his. Uh, he went there to grade school and high school. North Fork, Nebraska, was uh, a very uh, very small town north uh, north of um, northeast. Well, actually, northeast of Grand Island, but northwest of Omaha. Right. North Fork is a, it was his hometown. We drove on Main Street. I lived on Main Street in Sumner, Nebraska. Tiny town, tiny town. All right. Okay. Alright, well let's get into Johnny Carson here, enough about the virus, they say what? All we have to fear is fear itself, so let's hope yep. we don't let fear get the best of us, but uh... Johnny Carson, known um, as a television host, comedian, writer, producer, best known of course for The Tonight Show, which ran from 1962 to 92, 30 years he was on that show, 6 Emmys, uh, 1980 Governor's Award, 1985 Peabody Award, uh, Television Hall of Fame in 1987, Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1992, and Kennedy Center Otters in 1993, which, you know, a lot of people say they get a lot of awards and they don't always show up for all of them, but when the Kennedy Center calls, that's the best of the best. Everybody shows up for that, but what what are your best memories of Johnny? Uh, I, I don't know if I can say it on air, but, uh, well, but he did, so, uh, which he was a trailblazer, and I had Trump did too, so I guess I can say it, but, but he had a guest on, Zsa Zsa Gabor. And I don't know if you know you're you're too young. You no, know. I remember Jazz. Yeah. But uh, she was she brought uh, she was a guest and she was sitting in the chair. She, she was on the love boat a lot. She she brought her her her, her kitten and uh, and she had the kitten on her lap and, uh, and and she said to Johnny, Would you like to pet my pet my pussy? <laughs> and and, 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 and uh, Johnny. How do you say no to that? <laughs> Johnny replied immediately, Yeah, I would as soon as you get rid of that damn cat. <laughs> It's that's just quick thinking. That's what gets you on those shows. But and he was like that, you know. And then he was. But I now you you probably know his previous show was was Who Do You Trust? Yep. Do you remember that? That was where he met Ed McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. And again with Ed McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. And you may you may know or you you may not know that the precursor to that was uh, Do You Trust Your Wife? And the host of that show was the ventriloquist Edgar Bergen. So Edgar Bergen had Do You Trust Your Wife? They then Johnny uh, took over and they, they changed the, the changed title. the name, right? Same show, but yeah. just different name. Yeah. So that was and Carson was he, he was amazing. He did over over four thousand shows, thirty years performing. Yeah, that's you, know, you don't get to thirty years in anything. I mean, if I make thirty years in comedy, I'd be doing good, but. Uh... Well, it says he started out, did you know he was in the Navy? Because I found out Drew Carey was a Marine. That kind of blew my mind when I saw Johnny Carson was in the Navy. I guess it made a little more sense, but... Did, yeah, did you know during World War II he was in the Navy? I, 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 don't, I don't know. Uh, but, but he was in 1925 when he was, uh, was born, so... Yeah, during World War II he was in maybe, the Navy. And maybe the Korean War after that. Could have been the Korean War. But that was when he started performing. He started performing card tricks on the boat for, like, the other sailors, and that was where he first got into performing, was doing card tricks for the other uh, sailors. They asked him what his career wanted to be. He said he wanted to do a career in radio. Yeah. Um, you know, he mostly made a, a name for himself by doing a casual conversation where most people were scripted. He just kind of casually went about it and just 
casual. That was, you know, what people love. That's kind of why podcasts are taking off, because it's just two people shooting the breeze. It's not really a scripted out thing, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, it, it's absolutely amazing. He, and, but he, he had such a gift, you know? Like he, and, I, I, and you asked me what was my most um, memorable thing. As you may know, he had three sons, and one of his sons was killed in a, in a car accident. And he didn't do the show the next day, but when he came back the next time, I mean, he was visibly still upset, but his son was dead, and he still, you know, had had the... The show must go on. Persistence, whatever, yeah. to still perform. And right. it, was, it was a very emotional, uh, that, and of course, his last show with Robin Williams and uh, Ben his 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 uh his pain you know the audience shared in that pain they knew what he was going through so if he showed that on TV it kind of showed us we were all human you know so yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah. And, he, and he had three sons uh, I I I have two sons but of course it, it, when one son died then he had two so we're like in that respect it's a right. sick joke but um, <laughs> but uh, it, was, uh, it was it was really it was awesome um, well he took what, advantage what, what, what of his opportunities in the Navy where uh, he used the uh, the Navy to attend the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. He graduated with a bachelor's degree in radio and speech. And uh, from there he went on to, uh, in 1950 he was on WOW Radio in Omaha. And uh, there was a political wife of somebody in Omaha who liked his radio show. She referred Carson to a L.A. radio friend that she knew, which got him out to L.A. He was on KNXT, and uh, where on KNXT he friended Red Skelton and Jack Benny, and uh, Jack Benny actually had him on his TV show. It was his first television appearance, and it just it took off from there. So if you're wondering his race to start him, that was how he rose right there. Yeah, and then his, uh, did you know who the most frequent guest on The Tonight Show was? Oh gosh, uh, Rodney Dangerfield maybe. Uh, Bob Hope, according to. Uh, oh, Bob Hope. Okay. Yeah, and uh, there's another similarity. Uh, Bob Hope uh, was on his show, and he would have writers. And one of uh, Bob's Bob Hope's head writer was a guy by the name of Gene Perret. Right. And I'm studying. Uh, Gene Perret had his daughter Linda Perret, and they've written tons of comedy books there. And I have been fortunate to actually. Um, study with with Linda and I try to study with every comedy genius that uh, allows me time if I can pay the money and they let you know give me a class or something on how to try to improve my craft mm -hmm. but uh, but my point was that I was also on the Bob show of course it was the the Bob show in Providence Rhode Island on cable TV and if all of their viewers tune in um, both of them would probably like to see that you know see the show but um, <laughs> but but, uh, but it was got to start somewhere amazing. yeah yeah <laughs> Well, you probably remember better than me. I mean, I'm, I'm old enough. I do remember his beginning, but I mean, you could remember before his beginning, probably. He was on uh, the well, game show, Earn Your Vacation. That's where, that's where my grandparents live. So we'd, we would travel 250 miles to visit my grandparents in Omaha. And that's when I could watch their t TV because they had they had a TV. They had three channels on their TV. Oh now, boy! Of course, with the rabbit ears and the aluminum foil. Aluminum foil, oh, yeah. And, and the UHF that, yeah. where you got static on 99 out of 100 channels, but if you're that hundredth one, you got that channel. But <laughs> well, do you remember any of these shows? Here's what he did on his way up. He did a uh, 
the game show Earn Your Vacation in 1954, from 1955 to 56, the Johnny Carson show, uh, 1960 to 62, to tell the truth, uh, 57 to 62, as you mentioned, uh, Who Do You Trust, and that was where he met Egg McMahon, but I mean, do you remember those early shows that he did? Yeah, I, I would see him in Omaha at my, grandpa at my grandparents' house. Oh, so you remember all those, really? Even going back yeah, to 54, I, yeah? Well, I'm 112 years old. Oh, okay. I well. tell people I'm 112, and when they meet me, they say, yeah, I look pretty good for 112. Well, it's good because if you ask the kids, these 20-year-old kids, you know, I made a point of this. If you asked us, you know, if you asked me who are my icons of comedy, I'd say Carlin, Pryor, Kennison, you know. If you asked my parents, they'd be Bob Hope, George Burns, you know. You ask the kids of today, they'd tell you Bill Burr, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, uh, Dave Chappelle. I mean, so it depends on what area you're in. Who you're... Who, who's your icons, you know, depending on what area you're from, you know. Seinfeld was on, uh, was on The Tonight Show. Oh, yeah, that's where he got his big break, yeah. Do you know that Jeff Dunham auditioned for Johnny nine times? Yeah. Nine times before he got in. That's the whole persistence model, as you know. Don't ever give up. I used to be the GM for an internet company, and in sales, if you make uh, one call, you know you get a certain percentage. But it's that seventh call. If you make that seventh call, the odds are like eighty. I think it's eighty-six percent better chance of closing the sale. That's where these kids are making a lot of mistakes there, because he never got upset, he just keep trying. You know, these kids today, if you tell them, hey, you're not, you know, work on your act, you're not ready, they'll attack you. They won't come back for a second <laughs> try. He's like, well, you're going to attack me, you're not getting booked now, you know, so keep your mouth shut, work on your act, keep trying, you might have a chance, but they're just blowing themselves out of the water, but that's what they do, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I don't know, but I have a lot of faith in the younger generation. I've got a son that's, um, graduated but he's he's uh, you, know, you know he's still in college still yeah, yeah he's, he's still in college well they'll make him but still it's in just... college. why is he still in college but he, he, he wants to be an anesthesiologist oh like you no, no i'm a ventriloquist jerry close he, he wants to be an anesthesiologist <laughs> an anesthesiologist puts people to sleep yeah i know we just we can't relate to their way of getting things done but we couldn't relate to our parents way of getting things done either so i guess it's just a different day and age well you know they, they quote uh I'm paraphrasing the quote. You know, the, the world is going to going to hell in a handbasket. The kids don't respect their elders. You know, this is this is it's a terrible situation. And you know who the quote's attributed to? Yeah, Socrates. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, split split households, but don't get me started on that. I know all about split households. But, uh, I got one son. He hasn't talked to me in five years because I'm a victim of parental alienation. So it's differently. And you didn't hear about that when we were kids. It wasn't even such a thing as parental alienation, you know. So it's certainly a different time. But let's talk about more positive things. Uh, Johnny went on to do the Tonight Show. Uh, Carson originally declined the offer. He said he didn't want to do it because he said the difficulty of interviewing the stars for 105 minutes was just, you know, can you imagine doing that every night of the week, 105 minutes? It was just very challenging, which... I know when people get residency in Vegas, they say. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, it's just so many minutes you have to fill. I mean, it's almost impossible, but, uh... Well, you know who else declined the Tonight Show? I was offered to Bob Newhart, Jackie Gleason, Groucho Marx, and Joey Bishop. They all turned it down, too. Nobody wanted the gig, and finally they talked Carson into accepting it. And, uh, thank God he did, because, man, he set the bar for everybody else, didn't he? He, he was absolutely amazing, and, and he was... And it, I don't, I'm not trying to compare myself to Johnny, but... But we were we were both drummers. Did you know he was a drummer? He had, he had Tappy's pencil and stuff. And when he had Buddy Rich on, who used to be a well, Buddy's dead. But um, Johnny played drums, you know. Really? And, I, and I got my start 
I did not know that. That's what I was doing when I was, you know, in high school to make money, playing with the, playing with the band. And it was a rock and roll band, and we played uh, rock and roll, and we played polkas, whatever we could do to get, you know, to get money. And they, yeah, yeah. I put, you know, I was fortunate. The guys were all much older. They were, they were in their twenties and thirties, and one guy was forty years old, and and he was even, um, he was divorced. No, he was he was married, but he would bring his mistress to the gig. And of course, I was, you know, under Nebraska white Irish Catholic kid. Because, wait a minute. She's not his wife, you know, you know. They're not married, but no, his wife is home. You know, black wife. Oh black, yeah. Black. Back then, that was a big taboo too. <laughs> not like today, where it's the norm. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but so but Johnny was you know just a small town, small town guy from Nebraska, absolutely amazing guy. Uh, I, as you probably know, he was very philanthropic. Uh, yeah. Very. Um, he gave away tons and tons of money and. Oh, very into charity. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very. Mostly, very people didn't even know. Giving, giving guy, right? So let's see. Uh, 1972, he moved from New York uh, out to L.A. location because that's where all the big stars were making movies. He noted it'd be, you know, be easy to get stars on the show because he'd be closer to where they're making the movies in L.A. Um, then 1980, he cut the show from a 90-minute to a 60-minute uh, thing, which I think was a real genius because then he had to fill less time and it really made the show pop. You know? And uh, do you remember, he, Carson, actually, he only did it four nights a week. On Mondays, he used to rotate guest hosts, and he'd do it Tuesday through Friday. Right. He would have guest hosts, and that's where a lot of them got their start. Doing yeah. That. Well, some of them, Joan Rivers and Jay Leno, were uh, pretty much, you know, they, they were in the regular rotation of Monday Night Slots, and that's how they got, you know, considered for their their roles. Did you see Buttigieg um, hosted for Jimmy Kimmel? I did not. I missed that, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, amazing. That gets your name out there, you know. Now, now, do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's got to have a job now. Yeah, right. Uh, he refused roles in films. Whatever, he didn't want to do films. Uh, most notable films he turned down were, they asked him to be the Thomas Crown Affair and Blazing Saddles and in the King of Comedy with Martin Scorsese and Robert De Niro when he turned them all down. I mean, do you have any idea what his logic was turning down roles in movies or just wasn't something he wanted to do? Or I, I, I don't know. I didn't hear that part about it. Yeah, I mean, I well, they know. said off camera he's actually a shy guy, which you'd never know from his, you know, persona on TV, but... When the lights hit you, your thing changes, I guess, you know? Yeah. I had never spoken in front of people in my life. I get up there on stage and I'm a big mouth, you know? So it's like, it's not always who you are off stage, so who knows, you know? <laughs> do, you, do you know why he died? He died of pul pulmonary emphysema. But was that because he, he was a smoker? Uh, well, I'm sure it didn't help if it wasn't. I mean, I know that, you know? I mean, it was a heart attack that he died in the end, but that had to be, you know, one of the causes of smoking is definitely heart disease, so. Well, as you know, he, he took over for Jack Parr. Jack would, you know, he would smoke right on the, on the show. Oh, yeah, back then. Well, there's a cartoon with the Flintstones smoking, advertising Winston cigarettes if you go on YouTube. So back then, <laughs> it was a common thing. Everybody did it, you know. I mean, we didn't find out the dangers till long afterward. Yeah. So let's see. He launched the careers of David Letterman, Jay Leno, Jerry Seinfeld, Arsenio Hall, Jeff Foxworthy, Ellen DeGeneres, Joan Rivers, Tim Allen, and Drew Carey, and the Ed Sullivan Show and Star Search for Ed Sullivan, which Star Search was the American Idol of our time for the kids tuning in, but... You know, all these all these people I just mentioned, they owe their start to Johnny, you know? Yep, that was that was the goal, to be on to be on Johnny and if he would call you over to the couch, that was that Yeah, was if you got the okay made. from him or if he gave you the wave to come on over to the couch, you were a made comic back then. That was yep, it. That was it. And you were selling out comedy clubs, you never had to work another day in your life. And, and that's one of the reasons that Dunham became Jeff Dunham, you know, the ventriloquist who I I'm gonna study with again this summer when I go to the convention again. You know, it just yeah. uh, you can never get enough of your idols, that's for sure. Um, 
Well, I mean, I almost credited Rodney Dangerfield, as good as Rodney was as a comedian. You know, he never got the credit for bringing us the next generation. The Sam Kennisons, the Roseanne Bars, the Andrew Dice Clays, you know, all the all the big names that he gave a break to, I thought. But Johnny, I mean, he did just as much with his show. He gave to the next generation. But sometimes it comes back to bite you, and I guess the next thing we got to talk about, he never talked to Joan Rivers again. Uh, they, he called her disloyal because she got a Fox TV series that was competing with his as a uh, late night talk show, and um, I guess you know, and, I thought and it was. She died. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Let's talk about retribution. But but he, they said that after she called and said, "Hey, I got the show." He hung up and never talked to her again. He thought it was disloyal. Yeah. yeah I mean, did you consider it disloyal? Do you think it was a good break? She should have took it, or. I I, I didn't know. That, who knows what really goes on? I mean, you yeah, hear but I mean, the, that's what we're here for to talk about our thoughts. You know, what do we think happened? I don't mean. Yeah, I think, you know, if you would have checked in with him first, hey, Johnny, I got this, are you okay with it? He probably would have said yes, but where she didn't call and check in, it was like, really, you're going to, you know, I'm, I'm nice enough to break in and break into the business, then you're going to go behind my back, which, you know, in comedy, if you're booking your own room, you know, another comic shouldn't be doing comedy in that room. I shouldn't approach him, hey, can I do comedy? That's a big no-no in comedy, you know? It's like, go find your own room. I'm nice to have to have you in mind now. You want to try to move in on it? So there's no-nos in comedy, you know? I guess, yeah. Well, there was a guy, I don't want to get sued, but there was a major booker up in Boston, we'll call him Tricky Dicky, uh, just so we don't put out his real name. And I remember when I started doing comedy, man, that guy attacked me something fierce because he considered me the competition. And I, I thought to myself, man, I must be doing something right. Guys are overly concerned about me, and I could care less about him. But uh, So I definitely know the pitfalls of the business right there. Uh, let's see. Carson Offley uh, made jokes at other celebrities' expenses, which, I mean, did you recently see Eddie Murphy on Saturday Night Live? Yeah. He yeah. made his comeback, and he, he made one joke about Bill Cosby on Saturday Night Live, and Cosby, through his publicist from prison, said that uh, Eddie Murphy was a Hollywood slave for doing that. So, I mean, do you, do you think, <laughs> if you're a comedian, though, you should be able to take a joke, shouldn't you? I mean, should you be, you know, I don't know. Well, Johnny could take a joke, because... You know, that, the guy that used to do the imitation of him? Well, I don't know, man. What, he wouldn't have Dangerfield on forever in a day because Dangerfield said he stole one of uh, one of his writers stole the joke. One of Dangerfield's jokes Johnny did on The Tonight Show. And uh, <laughs> Dangerfield wrote in and said, hey, you got a thief on your staff. He stole my joke. And Carson's like, who's this? And he was a nobody at the time. Who's this nobody attacking me? But finally Rodney broke down and apologized and said, I shouldn't have did that. You were right, even though he was totally, you know, he was totally in the right. They shouldn't have stole his joke. He was a nobody. You don't attack Johnny Carson right or wrong, you know? So, yeah. Yep. That's all hearsay, I guess. Uh, Carson retired in uh, 92 at the age of 66. And th th I never even heard this one until I read it. When he retired, during his last show, several other networks that didn't even air his show, they had their own talk shows. They went dark for that hour that Johnny was on. They wouldn't even air their own shows that hour. Which they probably they couldn't have competed with it anyway, but, I mean, that's kind of... I've never even heard of something like that happening. Yeah, he, he, he was amazing. But the last show, I mean, I saw it. And Robin Williams and Bette Midler, and, and, and he was just so gracious. You know, what a gracious individual. And he was, I mean, you know, he, he, as you know, he was married three times, so he couldn't huh, yeah. have a, a real easy life being right. divorced. You know, it's one thing to get divorced once, like you and me, but uh, to get divorced three times. I mean, I mean no, it took twice. Right. His wife last fight survived him but uh, well it's yeah he was uh, amazing and and then again you know his son died you know his middle son 
sometimes. Yeah, I mean, we've all experienced death, but when it's your son, I mean, you're not supposed to outlive your children. That's that's a tough... I remember when my dad passed away, my grandfather outlived him, and he said, that should be me in there. You should never outlive your children, you know? Exactly. That's yeah, a my tough My father one, passed though. at 70, and I'm going to be 69 next month, so... Right. <laughs> so I'm, you know, but dad always said, dad always said, uh, whenever there's a crisis or something, you know, big, obviously he was about the coronavirus back then, but right. he always said, look for the helpers. You know, look for the helpers. That was Mr. Rogers, one of his quotes. Look, there's always something looking at. Look for the helpers, right? Yeah. But I'm that way, too. My father lived to 59. I've always thought I'm going to die at 59. That's what my dad died. Which, I mean, who knows? I may have lived by 10 years, but you get it in your head, you know? Your DNA is there. Maybe that's my time. I don't know. Look for the helpers. And, and Carson yeah. definitely was one of those. He was... He was oh, well, he helped a lot when, of people. When I quoted my dad, I mean, I know dad took it from somebody else. Right, right, right. Mr. Rogers original. Original. But he would repeat it to me. Yeah, it's a good quote. Yeah, sure. And, so let's and, see. and what, you're, what you're doing, looking for the helpers, you're helping young comedians, you're helping people, you're helping all of yeah, It's a lot more difficult, like I said. These 20-year-old kids think they know. I'm trying to help, man, but they don't take it that way. They think, I know more than you. I'm hitting up a mics, but I know more than the guy who's working the biggest names in Boston comedy. You know? Sure you do, <laughs> sure, you know. But on the other hand, there's other people, like... But do you know there was a 12-year-old girl that won America's Got Talent? Yeah, she, she was a uh, Terry Theaters fan there. Now, this is going to, this is, I'm, I apologize to your audience, so this is going to sound like I'm bragging, and it, it's going to sound like I'm bragging about me and Darcy, but but that's only because I am bragging. Okay, but, uh, brag away. Darcy, Darcy called me up on stage at the Ventriloquist Convention to perform, and uh, it was, uh, I, I said, uh, Darcy, you're 12, I'm 112, but when I grow up, I want to be half as good as you. Oh, be just like you, right? <laughs> So she's, but but what she's doing, she's actually helping every ventriloquist everywhere because a rising tide floats all boats. But that's that's a responsibility, isn't it? I mean, it's a responsibility to bring up the next generation. You know, I mean, you know, and people helped me out when I got started. Now it's up to me to help them, other people. You know. Yep. And when I perform with children, I try to, uh, if there's time at the end, include a short ventriloquist lesson. And if there's kids, now this is before the virus, obviously, right. I would have them come up and. Uh, See if they like only it. If they, only if they raise their hand, then I would give them one of my toy puppets, not my, not my eleven thousand dollar. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea, though. Yeah, that's a great idea. But and then and, let them, and have them practice, and I tell them, you know, to avoid the words like the letter B. Now they're part of the show, right? Yeah. B boy basketball. Can you can you say B boy basketball? We're almost there, Doug. Calm down. We're almost getting to it. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get back to Johnny here. After his retirement, he declined interviews. He was rarely seen after he retired. I mean, when he retired, he he really retired. But one of his uh, few ones he did in 1993, he played himself on The Simpsons, which almost every episode I do a comics about a famous comics been on The Simpsons. I don't know what is it about that cartoon you think that just draws him in. I, I, I don't know. Just it's been on the air so long. I guess how do you not respect it? You know, longest running cartoon of all time. And he did. He called in the Letterman, the Letterman show, a few times, and uh, you know, and you know, they never asked Carson when, when his time was up on the show. They never asked him who do you think the next person would would be. He always thought David Letterman should succeed him, and instead they brought in Leno to do it. So yeah, yeah. After thirty yeah, years, can you believe they wouldn't ask his his opinion on that? No. Say, that, say that again. I didn't hear. Can you believe after thirty years on the show they wouldn't consult him for an opinion on who who should succeed him or? Well, that's, that's television for you. They go for the money, you know. But, you know, Jay Leno said that was why he, he got the guest host more than anybody else because when the show became popular, everybody else raised their price to be on as a guest host. He kept his the same because he was low pay. They had him more than anyone else. So, 
You know, yeah. it paid off for him. He took less money then, but then he got the eventual permanent gig, which paid off, which much more money in the end, I'm sure. Doing pretty good. Have you seen Leno's cars? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's got his new shoe there. Yeah, he's got a but, few cars. Uh, Leno and, and Jeff Dunham have that in common. They both they're both car collectors. Well, he said if you invest your money in cars, you get to drive them around and have fun, you know, while you're investing in them. Then when you go to sell them, you've had all that fun, and you know they're worth just as much. So it's a good investment, smart, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's certainly gets some of the stocks that I invested in. <laughs> yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, you get your 401k just taking a dive there. I know. So I'll say Carson's influences, he said, were Bob Hope, Jack Benny, Red Skelton, Fred Allen, Groucho Marx, and uh, Jack Parr. Who, who are some of your influences? Obviously Jeff Dunham, but other than that, well, did you have any other influences? Well, obviously, I'm listening to the old radio shows. There's there's DVDs that you can you can get. Oh, yeah. I used to have cassette tapes of the old radio shows. And Edgar Bergen and, and Charlie McCarthy and those old radio shows. And then also from the... Ventriloquist of today. Terry Fader is going to be at the convention again this year. Darcy's going to be there. You know, I think she's 14 now. But uh, that's the best so the of the best getting together. Huh? Anywhere from from Darcy, who is a phenomenal singing uh, ventriloquist. But prior to that, it was it was my main influence was always Jeff. I right. I, I would always go see his show. Followed him right along. Yeah. Take my son to see his show, and then when when he invented uh, Ahmed, his career just. Yeah, that was the one that blew him into the the mega status right there. Yeah. Yeah. But again, he. But again, Jeff was auditioning for Johnny for nine, nine times before he got on the show. That persistence pays about, off. <laughs> about persistence, I mean that's it's. Uh, um, my lady doesn't ask me to do to do much, but today she wanted me to get the, the New York Times to go out and get the New York Times. And the first place I went, it was sold out. Next place, you know, then they didn't carry it. I went to seven places. The seventh place. I got the New York Times, you know, and brought it back, and so we could have coffee and breakfast and stuff. There you go. But it's that it's that persistence. Don't give up. Yeah, you 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 just have to. I mean, you you know. Everybody wants to be the one hit wonder, you know. A comic once said to me, "Every comic thinks they're funnier than they actually are," which is true, you know. (laughs) We all think we're funnier than we actually are. (laughs) Well, let's see. Well, you mentioned this one earlier. I wanted to get into this a little bit. Uh, Johnny Carson was famous for having divorces. his first wife he had to give $6,000 a month to until the day he died. His second wife took him for $20 million and a bunch of property. And uh, Car- Carson's joke about the whole thing was me giving advice on marriages like the captain of the Titanic giving lessons on navigation. That was his joke he made about it. Which... But I thought one of the best things of all time was when Eddie Murphy talked about it. Eddie Murphy, Did you see Johnny Carson on the front of the Inquirer? His face was just like... Oh my God! What's happening to me? Saying he was going through a divorce, and Eddie Murphy's was take was, you know, what do these women do to deserve this money? If you're more Johnny Carson's wife, you know, you're not grocery shopping, you got people to do it. You're not cooking, you got cooks to do it. You're not driving around, you got chauffeurs to do it. So, what do you do? You fill out at the end of the, uh, the year. What do you do for work? I, I make love to my husband. That, that's what his wife puts on the W two, and for, for that she gets half of everything the guy made. I mean, it's a crazy system. Did you ever see any of the Karnak, the, the Magnificent skits on YouTube? I can't say I have. No, well, what are they? He would, Johnny was absolutely amazing. He would play a psychic who was clairvoyantly divine to answer the question, which would be in a sealed envelope. Now, of course, you know, the, um, Ed McMahon was was always, you know, right there with him and everything. So, right. and, and actually, a, a good comedian, if you, uh, if you think about it, a, a ventriloquist, 
they're really acting for two. So we had Ed McMahon, uh, and, and then he had you know, Johnny would do, do the joke. Side joke. But, yeah. but the clairvoyant thing, he would hold a an envelope up to his head and say the answer, and Ed would open up the envelope and and read the question. So it, it was it was a it was just I, I just that's different. I, I, I thought that was an amazing skit because he he would wear this. Uh, I think it, it must be on YouTube. I remember watching it. Yeah, that's the thing on YouTube. You can always go back and watch this stuff. We didn't have that luxury as kids. We really had to find bootleg stuff, and now you can just, just Google it, man. Yeah, he would. So, for example, he would uh, uh, hold the envelope to his head and say, and think about it and very seriously say, Ben Gay. And then Ed would open the envelope, and the envelope would say, Why didn't Mrs. Franklin have any kids? Ben Gay. <laughs> and then, He's in a ballpark. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he would, he would do all of this, you know, uh, all, all, these, all of these jokes and, and, and get away with, with some pretty leading edge stuff for the time. I mean, well, sure. You know, I mean, if you were on his show, and I, a lot of people will say, you know, nowadays, if you get on Jimmy Fallon, that's a cool thing, man. That's a great thing. But you're not a made comic anymore if you did it, you know? It's like no, it's a good no, thing to add to your career, but back then, if you got on in Carson, that was it. You were the headline in comedy clubs throughout the country, and you can't say that anymore. If you get on, if you get on a late night talk show, it's a great thing for your career, but you're not a made comic anymore like those days. Yeah, yeah it, it, I think it's harder these days. But on the other hand, it's easier because we have YouTube. I mean, when, when oh, Carson, yeah, you held, up, Carson held, up his, uh, held up the envelope to his head when he was playing Karnak the Magnificent, and he would say, Three Dog Night. And Ed opened the envelope and, was, and said, "What is a bad night for a tree?" You know, and it was, it was, <laughs> three dog. Yeah, I mean, well, it was some of the some of the. The media don't control you anymore. Yeah, you you know, I mean, even the podcast—they're taking over for TV. People are tuning into them, and good for me. Hey, my numbers keep going up each week. But uh, let's see, March nineteenth, nineteen ninety-nine, he had a heart attack in Malibu, California, which. Eventually led to his death, and what a legendary career he had to look back on. But uh, I, I, I can say, uh, coming to the close here, I can say they always said to him, uh, you know, if somebody said in their credits, a comedian today, they were on The Tonight Show, then they'd always put an asterisk, The Carson Years, because those were the years to be on. They always wanted to make sure, you know, I was on The Tonight Show, but I was during the best time, The Carson yeah, Years. Yeah, 60, 62 to 92. Yeah, if you and, said you were on you know, The Carson Years, it went so much more. Right. 11 years old, 1962, and I would watch that show with my father. You know, it came on at 10:30 at night in Nebraska. Of course, Nebraska. You know, they're on Central Standard Time. Have you ever been to Nebraska? I have not, but I hope you get there they're, someday. They're on Central Standard Time, so when you cross the uh, when you cross the line, the state line, you have to set your watch back 10 years and, and right. an hour. 10 years now, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> in middle of Nebraska, who cares, right? <laughs> time stops out there, man. They're just having fun. All right, as we come to a close, I know uh, you had a song you wanted to sing, and you were a Berkeley graduate, and uh, tell us about... Uh, yeah, I graduated think... before they invented dirt at Ed Berkeley. Yeah. Okay, so uh, <laughs> what do we got? Doug the Dog, explain what we're about to Doug hear the, here. Doug the Tucking Dog, yeah, yeah, he's, 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 got, he's got a song that he would, he would like to sing here. Uh, I have to, get the, have to get the microphone set up and stuff for him here. Oh, well, I got it keyed up here. Is it the one you sent me? He's got a, it's called the Coronavirus Blues. All right, well, I got it here. You want me to just play it? Uh, do you have it? I have it here. You sent it to me, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Go, yeah, go All right, ahead. so, so go it's ahead. the okay. Coronavirus okay. Blues. Okay, so you, you, you play the, uh, the the background music, and then Doug can sing the song. And if you have... Um, well, no, that's great. Go ahead. Just go ahead. All right, awesome. I'm going to play what you sent me, and we'll go with it. Here we go. Ready? Ready? 
Okay, Doug, ready? Okay, Doug, you gonna sing the song now? Doug. Doug the talking dog. Doug, Doug, come on. Doug, this is your cue. I don't hear anything. I, I, I don't hear any song. Is it, is it coming through? It's yeah, it's kind of in the background. We get it. You don't hear? Oh, okay. You want to play your version? Let me, you can try your version. Let me let me let me try it. I, I have it here. All right, I'll but, stop but mine. You try yours. Doug can sing it here, and then, and we'll get the. I'll, I'll set up Doug, and he'll 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 sing his song here. So we'll just get it up here. Okay, Doug. Okay, here it goes. Okay, Doug, ready? Okay, Doug, you gotta sing your song. It's called the Coronavirus Blues. This is Doug the Talking Dog. for a second, man. All right. <laughs> Had a nice bluesy tone there to it. I can see why it was called the blues. Yeah, you get the blues about it. <laughs> Whole world's got the blues about it. All right. Well, it's good stuff. Oh, putting oh, your... the, the phone cut out? Uh, well, no, at the end there, I think you stopped it. I didn't hear nothing, so I thought okay. I would think oh, you yeah. just stopped it. Though. Yeah, yeah, well, well, well I, actually, I didn't stop it. Jerry pulled the plug. Oh, I got you. All right. Well, Jerry's we got the... Uh... But they can go to YouTube and hear the whole thing if they want, right? It's on YouTube? Yeah, yeah. It's on, or just the hashtag coronavirus blues or go to my website, driscollproductions.com. Like the strawberries, only no relation. Driscoll is D-R-I-S-C-O-L-L, driscollproductions.com. And then um, if you're from your cell phone, I was I, I was hoping to revamp my entire mobile site because they're, you know, they're to totally different sites, but I couldn't uh, couldn't get the thing things to work this right. morning. And, so go to your website work, and check out your work. He's a dummy. He doesn't know how to do anything. He doesn't do anything right ever. Quiet, quiet. I'm sorry. I'm just a talking dog and he, he doesn't know. He doesn't know Jack. He, he, I'm, I'm sorry. All right, let's see how smart you and your characters are here. I end every show with trivia. I'm going to ask you three trivia questions about Johnny Carson, and let's see how you do. Nobody's ever gone three for three, ever. I, I, I think last time I, I think I lost all three last time. All right, the well. First podcast. Oh, and I wanted to take this opportunity to thank you so much. I was on your cooking show the first time at, at, your, at your studio. You were so kind to come out to my home here at 22 Driscoll Drive in Framingham. For the uh, for the other other cooking show, and you had your producer and everything, and you made I think it was um, uh, s'mores. I think we made s'mores, yeah. Yeah, right, huh? yeah and, and, but um, I just I want to thank you for all you do, Dennis. No, well, thank you. You've been a great guest, Kevin. I mean, everybody yeah, likes you and your characters. And you know, you do what a lot of people can't do. You work clean, and I respect that because it's it's a it's a difficult art to do what you do, and you're you're really doing a great job at it. Well, but that's one of the reasons I work clean.
clean is is it's if you if you well you you know it pays uh, more I can tell you that you make a lot more pay money more for their for their children than they were for, will for um, for themselves for right, themselves yeah. you know so you can work a nightclub and make a certain amount of money but if you do a children's birthday party you get a heck of a lot more money <laughs> if you work clean you always work if you work dirty you may do what you love to do but you're not working constantly it's only select <laughs> places you can do it huh? yeah and that's, that was my goal to work constantly which on but now this idea of working virtually yeah. so i think i'm going to be able to do it i got i've got some things i'm not going to make any money but yeah, it's you know, becoming a virtual world know, here with, uh, as, as no you know no comic i mean i checked the all the big comedy shows are going to netflix now there's no tv anymore they all want netflix is getting all the big shows yeah yeah, yeah so tv and, be uh, thing of the past all right let's hit you with trivia number one uh before carson hosted the tonight show there were two previous hosts before him. Who were the two previous hosts? The one that he was on? No, he was on. Johnny Carson hosted The Tonight Show. Before he took over The Tonight Show, There had The Tonight Show existed before Carson. Who were the two previous hosts of the show before he took over? Oh, uh, Jack Parr. Was one? Jack Parr was the, was the previous host. Yes. And the band, one of the band leaders was, uh, when Johnny was there, was uh, Skitch Henderson, and before that, Doc, Doc Severinsen. So okay. That was, uh, that was uh, one. Who who before Jack Parr? Who hosted it before Jack Parr? Before Jack Parr, um, and, um, dun, dun, dun. I, 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 I can't think of the guy's name. <laughs> this was before you. This was before my time. This is going. Yeah, it's going like way that. back yeah, there. Sure. I know. I know that I'm old, but I'm not. Not that I'm old. Not, uh, I'm not that old. So he, so he did. Do you trust your wife? That was before him. Uh, see Johnny, uh, see Fred Allen, the legend. Um, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, let me let me try just. Uh, You're not googling it, are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to remember. He was in Burbank, California. I can't. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I swear. I'm, I'm not. All right, I trust I'm, you. All right. Um, uh, but so but uh, I, I I if you say it, I'll say yes. Okay, so oh, it's why I lose, but Jack Parr, who was before Jack? Steve Allen. Yes, yes. Steve Allen and Jack Parr were the previous hosts of The Tonight Show before Johnny Carson. So we'll give you half of that one. You got a half. We got Jack Parr, but you missed Steve Allen. So you get a half a credit for that one. All right, uh, number two. Johnny Carson was a major investor in what car company? It was. I didn't know this one either until I read it. It was actually the DeLorean Motor Company, believe it or not. Yes, Major investor. Yes, he talked it, but uh, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't pump it up on the on the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Back to the Future, brought to us by by yeah. by Johnny Carson. All right. And I think you already knew this one, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway because I don't cheat. But I think you already messaged it. Carson's last show of the Tonight Show. Who were his two guests on the show? That one I got. I answered that earlier, right? I believe Robin so, Williams but that was Miller. one of the questions, so I'll give it to you if you can name them again. Okay, Bette Miller and yep. Robin Williams. That's true. Last show with those can two guests. Can I ask you one trivia question? Uh, Carson ain't my guy, but I'll try. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm a musician and composer, so you remember uh, Johnny's theme? You know, ba da ba ba Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, well, you, you remember the show? The, yeah, I watched the, the Tonight Show, yeah, obviously. I remember, yeah. played every single night? Yeah, oh, yeah. You, you know who wrote that? Oh, gosh. Paul Anka. Lawrence Welk? No, no, Paul Anka. 
Oh, Paul Anka. Oh, Paul Anka I did not know that. <laughs> and so Paul Anka got residuals for that show for, for 30 years. Oh, well, good for him. Hey, we can only have... That's a big joke. You wish you wrote Happy Birthday, song, right? I wrote the song The Coronavirus Blues, and I'm going to get residuals of, you know, of a zero. Zero percent of zero. There you go. All right, Gab, before we go, I mean, if there was one thing you'd want other people to know about Johnny Carson, what would it be? That he was a very kind and giving man. And he was an inspiration to all comics everywhere. Sure. That's what puts you into iconic status right there, right? Because he gave back, he, he did charity work, he did all the things you were supposed to do when you hit the big level. You don't, don't forget where you come from is always a good motto, right? And he came from a small town in Nebraska. <laughs> Man, we all got to come from, I'm having a small town gardener outside of Boston, but I'm doing my thing and I'm having fun. Thank you for being on the show, Kevin. I really do appreciate it. Dennis, thank you so much, and thanks again for all that you do for comics. All right, we'll talk soon, all right? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. <laughs> all right. Comedian Kevin Driscoll and all his dummies there. He's hanging out with a lot of dummies. And uh, I guess, you know, hey, I talk to myself. Sometimes I talk back. It don't make it crazy. It makes you... It's good conversation, okay? So he's got a lot of characters over there that underway, understand the way you think. Uh, Johnny Carson, man, iconic. Just uh, gave back to the next generation. Uh, funny as heck. Uh, Quick-witted, you know. You don't put one over. If you're a guest, you're not going to put one over on Johnny. Uh, if he got the wave, you were just a made comic right then. And uh, he didn't give everybody the wave. But if you got it, man, you were, you were never working another day in your life. Uh, 30 years, man. If you can do anything for 30 years, you're the best at what you do. And uh, you can only hope to say, you're on the Tonight Show. And the first question, what year? What year? Was it the Carson years? And if you say yes, it gets so much more respect that, that it's not a cool thing. But... That was the time to be on that show. You can never replace the legends. Hopefully someday Funny Clown Podcast will go to legendary status. And only way that happens is you guys keep tuning in. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time, keep laughing. Laughter is the best medicine. Good night.